Welcome to Spinning Out. I'm your host, Josh Robbins. This is a podcast where we talk to artists about their favorite albums. Today we're talking with Ray Goldman about Heim's 2013 debut, Days Are Gone. Before this chat, I never listened to Heim, but spoiler alert, I was pleasantly surprised. Ray has a project called Gold Woman, and she has a new self-titled album coming out on Self-Aware Records. If you aren't familiar with Ray's music, it's really amazing, and I'd highly recommend it. And no, not just because it's coming out on my record label. Okay, check us out on Instagram and Twitter at SpinningOutPod. We also have a Patreon that I swear we're going to start using more. That's patreon.com spinningoutpod. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Reviews super help. Good reviews are even better. Okay, let's chat with Ray Goldman. Hey Ray, how's it going? It's going pretty well. I'm uh, excited to be here. How are you? Uh, I'm doing good. And today we are talking about the 2013 Heim album, Days Are Gone. And so this was their debut album that came out September 27, 2013 on Polydor Records. And so when was the first time you heard this record? Um, I don't remember the first time I heard the record, but the first time I heard any of the songs off the record was... Um, I remember way back before... I say way back, it's like 10 not even 10 years ago, but uh, when iTunes used to have like a free download of the week, um, one of the songs on this album, The Wire, was their like free single of the week. And I was like, I was like 15 at the time. So obviously I didn't have any money. I was like, oh, free song. Hell yeah. Because I used to download them like every week. And then I listened to it and I was like, oh, I'm obsessed. And then I was like pretty much just waiting for the album to come out like a couple months later. Um, so I don't remember the first time that I listened to the album in its entirety, mm-hmm. but definitely that song was like, just drew me in immediately. Yeah. So I guess in that regard, you just kind of got into it organically, just kind of stumbling across it. Yeah, for sure. I definitely back then did not have like, a. it was, it was when I was like just really starting to develop like my own music tastes, like separate from my parents and like separate from some of my friends and whatnot. And so, like, I would just, like, go on iTunes and download whatever they had. And I was like, I assume it's good and see, like, what related artists and whatever. So, just luck. Uh, what do you feel like you were listening to around that time frame? Oh, gosh. Honestly, probably a lot of, like, the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> um, and and then, like, what my parents were listening to, which was a lot of, like, classic rock. Okay. Um. And I feel like it's like, in a way, honestly, I feel like this is almost in between those Mm -hmm. two things. Uh, Yeah, yeah. But I also sort of expected this because I've never listened to Heim before this experiment, I guess I'll say. (laughs) Um, And so I kind of put them more in my head as like straight up pop band. And so I was a little surprised in a good way that it's you know, there's a lot of just like rock band elements to it, you know, and I thought it was more 
in line with like Jonas Brothers or just like pop of that time, yeah. um, then it is. So yeah. I, I guess like what would you, if you were to categorize this record like with a genre, and I feel like it probably covers a bunch of them, what yeah. would you say? Just what, what would be the thing you would tell a friend? Um, oh, that is tough. Um, you know, I do think like, like you were saying, it falls somewhere between the Jonas Brothers and classic rock. So like, given that, like, just really generally, I'd say pop rock. Mm -hmm. But I do think, I do think it's like something, you know, kind of its own where it's like, actually, it's like not quite a band playing pop rock. It's like a rock band playing pop music. If yeah, that makes sense. I, th I think that's good. Um, because when I think about it more, I think that works as a categorization, but it also sort of like, when I said like Jonas Brothers in between classic rock, that's a lot of room. You know? Oh yeah. Um, but it almost is like you could take like kind of the pop of the time elements direct into a, you know, it's, so it is like an intersection of yeah. it. Um, you know, but it's, you know, they also were a band that I feel like they were just like always big, you know, they don't mm -hmm. have a story that they're not big. And that makes me like curious, like their, their background um, and if you know any of that, I mean, yeah, once I got into their music, I started like, you know, looking up everything about them and whatever. And I found out that they, the reason the album was, the reason why they seemed like they were popular right off the bat is because by the time they had a, a full length LP, they were already really popular, um, because they had like four or five, um singles and eps before that um that got a lot of attention in the uk actually um so then i think that kind of just trickled down but i also think um it's important to note um like the jonas brothers they're a family band they're three mm -hmm. sisters and they used to play like they've been playing music together for a really long time and their family had a band that was pretty popular in like the Los Angeles area growing up. And so they kind of just like evolved that into their own group. So they already had somewhat of a following um, just in a different iteration of the group, I guess. Yeah. I always think about that. Like well, I, I did a little bit of research on it and I guess the family band was called Rockenheim. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like their dad Modi played, I think drums and their mom played guitar. Uh, yeah yeah and their parents are both really musical and like i remember um i watched like a, a long time ago like a i want to say expose but i know that's not the right word okay um like a like a you know like inside heim's like family home video um and it like showed their parents and their dad was just like shredding on a drum kit oh like wow he, it was like crazy <laughs> i was like okay like i see like their music is like pretty heavily like percussive and whatever and i was like okay that like makes sense like they all yeah. grew up i guess you know seeing that yeah yeah i think when listening to it like when it first came on like with the first track falling like i i felt like i couldn't like i like the song but kind of like the way it starts it kind of like it's almost like tape kind of devolve it just like mm -hmm. goes into a thing and then it kind of pops in um but i was like what are we getting into you know i was like it, it's like i couldn't tell from the uh, right off the bat like what it was but like the point i'm making is just like 
the thought of like things being that percussive, like sometimes when the first time I hear them, I'm like, that's just not how my brain operates when like writing right. music. Yeah. You know? So, so I don't, I don't know if you like have that, but it's like this the band is really percussive and that's just like, sometimes I'm in all, like, I don't even know like what she's doing on bass and I'm a bass player. <laughs> like it's right. Yeah. I think I experienced yeah. the same thing, especially with that first song falling because like, you know, I'm not a percussionist and like when I write a song I don't I don't do drums until like the very end which is maybe a bad way to write a song in hindsight but it seems like percussion is such like a core element of all their songs and like that's like really evident um also another little little side note when I uh, when they were touring this album um, I saw them on this tour and like I was such a big fan that I also like watched a million videos of them in different venues doing exactly what I saw live. Um, and they, they played falling first and the stage just started like completely pitch black and you just like hear this like thumping bass drum and like the toms yeah. come in. And that's just so like, I feel like unusual, especially for like pop music of that time for it to be less focused on the melodic elements right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think, like, what was, like, kind of remind myself, like, what might have been also happening around this time in 2013, like, music-wise. Yeah, it's hard. For me, yeah. this this album is the only thing that was happening. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really remember. I just, like, I, I yeah, I became pretty heavily obsessed with this band and this album at that time. <laughs> Yeah, um, I guess like to get like a little bit of the kind of Wikipedia things out of the way, like the producer was James Ford, uh, a few other kind of engineers involved, but he seemed to be the one that had like more of a name attached. And uh, Pitchfork called it uh, 100 Best Albums of the Decade, and they did that in 2014, the year after this record came out. So mm-hmm. if that kind of shows people that are listening like, what kind of impact it had in such a short time also it got an 8.3 score on pitchfork which would have meant a lot more at this point than probably it does like now right yeah right. um but yeah just to like think about um i'm I'm like feel like i'm like trying to get a feel for the family because i remember one time a one of the rumors that i heard was that they were uh the director paul thomas anderson's kids <laughs> they've like... done a lot of work with him so <laughs> okay I'm, i don't know a yeah. lot of their music videos were directed by him but then i'm also like i'm like he's not like old enough to be like right. uh, it's like what is that rumor you know it's also just i think when bands come out of la um and there's there's a lot i can attach to this but s- simply i feel like a lot of times when bands come out of la you're almost like who's their famous parent Right. <laughs> you know. I mean, their dad actually, this is a little piece of trivia I know. He was like, I think he was a, a pretty well-known professional soccer player in, I want to say, somewhere in Europe. I um, know he, I think he is Israeli. Oh, then, um, it, then it was probably in Israel. I'm, I'm but I guess wrong. it doesn't 100% mean that he played. So he, he was famous in another country. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but it also, like, it's like he... Uh, funny, I'm looking on uh, Wikipedia, and the last thing I was looking at was about the TV show The Nanny. Um, <laughs> so that doesn't really help me in this conversation here. Uh, 
But, like, yeah, I'm just trying to, like, you know, and then the other thing I figured out was, like, they got really into, like, real estate in L.A. So their their parents are real estate agents. But, you know, that doesn't really, that doesn't give me anything. I mean, the funny thing, though, is when I thought about the fact that they were, like, a family band and the idea that basically it was, like, me thinking about myself talking about this, it's like, where did they come from? If it's like, if anyone in Heim were listening to that and they were like, well, you know, asshole, we did, we did a family band for like 10 years. So it's like right. that time frame that I was like, just playing like basements or something. They were just playing probably weird family band gigs. And so it's like, they did that work, you know, going, right. going up. They just, up they just it. did it. Like, like I said earlier, like in a kind of a yeah. different iteration of their group. But I think also, um, you know, I'm pretty sure they went to um, L.A. County High School for the Arts, which a lot of artists have come out of, like Phoebe Bridgers went there as well, okay. I know. Um, and that's something I, just from, like, my personal favorite artists, I'll often look, and if they're from L.A., it's like, chances are they went there. So I don't okay. know what it is about this high school, but they're making really good musicians. Yeah, I guess. they happen just... to go there. Yeah, whatever like music teacher is there is like, <laughs> like killing it, bringing it out of them. Uh, I think like um, a bunch of like actors and stuff went there. Like I I know um like Corbin Blue I think went there, um, and Zoe Deutsch. So I don't know, wild. Mm. Oh, so what what we're saying is uh, if you if anyone listening is thinking about having children, send try them to and school. send them to that school um you know makes sense to me um i guess like as we go into just you know breaking apart the tracks like starting with falling yeah like do you have like specific comments about like that track or any of the tracks like going through it um well falling itself we talked about it a little bit and like the percussion for one is like really impressive right off the bat but i think you get this kind of atmospheric effect with the layered vocals too coming in and I think you get that, um, you kind of get like, uh, what's it called? Like bookends on the album. Cause you get that again at the end in, um, let me go and where it like kind of feels like heavy because of the percussion, but like n- not busy, which I think can be hard. Yeah. Um, cause the bass kind of just like, it's not weighing the song down. It's just kind of like dancing around, which is, which I think is a cool effect. Um, yeah. Yeah, one one thing I was kind of looking at, um, I was just trying to like figure out who do does what in the band. So it's like Danielle covers most of the lead vocal. I guess like kind of all, but they're really yeah. all singing at the same time. So, but also Danielle is like the band's drummer. So just kind of like thinking about like uh, probably when they write stuff, but it's also thinking yeah. about like during this time frame, just thinking about them as like essentially playing i guess like in their parents like garage almost you know like they, they all kind of do it they, all yeah they can like they can really j- could just like sit there and like play yeah you know i think during this era of the album um i think like in live shows danielle did like lead guitar which is interesting yeah because like and they all like had drums like just their own like set of toms near their mics on stage which was kind of interesting and they had a drummer so it's like oh okay percussion's really important to them but like they also can do a million other things 
Yeah, when I was watching uh, a live video before we came on, and they definitely had lots of things around them. Yeah. Uh, see, so yeah, they're really tight. You know, yeah. I also like to kind of like see, like, because this record's really well produced. Like everything's super tight. Um, and I did see some like weird criticism about that in terms of reviews, where it was like it's so well done that there's no personality too was one mm. of the reviews and then i'm like well what does that even mean you know it's like i don't know that's like a weird criticism where yeah. it's almost like this is so good that it's too good <laughs> yeah i think like, it's like people would say people look for something to criticize too and it's like if it wasn't as well produced they'd be like it's produced shittily and like so it's like, you know, you can't really, you can't always win on that one. But I yeah. think some, I think for me, um, I've definitely seen some criticism of it in terms of like when they were touring it and playing it live, they're like, it's so well produced on the album. Like you cannot recreate that live. Um, but I think in, in my opinion, um, like as musicians and as like a performer and like their stage presence kind of made up for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that can be, you know, and in my opinion, that, like, would kind of get rid of any any opinion of, like, oh, it doesn't have, like, emotion or personality because, like, live it has so much personality. Yeah, the video that I was watching, I think they were performing Falling at uh, Reading Festival. Mm-hmm. And um, so it was in 2013. And the way, like, Danielle kind of, like, sings the songs at some point, like, she's almost, like, yelling um them more than like she does on the record so even more so to see like kind of the rock element of you know something like that was you know kind of like oh you know they definitely are not the pop type of band that i had put them in right and i think like speaking of like her vocals and, and their vocals like collectively like i think that's one of the things that really drew me into this album and this band because you know a lot of things um with uh lead female lead singers would be like a little more polished a little less um nuanced and whatnot and i think that was the first time i kind of heard this this kind of unique vocal sound um from women at that time and i think that's what made them stand out a little bit yeah like kind of even going into the idea of like percussion that i guess we've been you know harping on a lot um so the just like even the way like the vocal melodies are set up like are definitely like really percussive um, yeah. and have certain like hits and certain songs uh, i mean definitely on falling uh, you know that kind of like hit in that way you know because i mm-hmm. feel like i'd be more prone to like i don't know hold out a note if i could and you know everything so there's a lot more percuss percussiveness even in terms of vocally yeah you know? and i think like even with a song like um go slow which is like almost ballady in everything else it's like you get those percussive vocals on top of it and it just gives it a a really different and unique um vibe yeah i guess like sort of going in different territory just like thinking about so like all of these years later after this like what do you feel like your connection either with this album is or with them as a band in 2021 Oh, that's a good question. Um, I definitely, like, when I first got into them, it was it was definitely a big 
for me as an artist, it was kind of like, oh, like I haven't really seen um, girls playing guitar and kind of just being badass. Like I've I've seen like more of a, a pop star um, uh, type. And so that was like, oh, like that's what I want to do. And that's kind of how I related it, uh, related to it. And, and how I related to the band was like just really kind of role models for myself as a musician. Um wanting to get into you know more rock and and alternative music um and then now it's kind of it's definitely evolved because you know i consider that like i do i do that now i am badass when i play music and whatever and i've i've i don't really need i mean it's always good to have inspirations and role models and whatnot but it's like i don't really look up to them uh in that way anymore um but it's kind of just like the way for me now it's definitely more less of like an idolizing these people thing and more of like you know their music and the way it's arranged and and that's what I look to is definitely the more um technical aspects and I think that also has to do with the fact that like when this record came out and when I became a fan of this band like I was like 15 and so Mm -hmm. like it totally makes sense that it's like they would be like my pop stars you know and now it's like really just trying to learn from them as musicians where were you raised in new jersey i grew up in suburban northern new jersey growing up in growing up in northern new jersey do you feel like this album specifically had like a direct effect on you wanting to play music yourself or was that a journey you were already on i definitely was already into music i um, also come from a really musical family and like um you know we were playing music around the, the house together and, and whatnot and uh so from the time I was very young like three or four even but um definitely it was different in that uh growing up it was kind of all like classical music and like you know stricter like clarinet lessons and whatever which I was like okay like this is fine but it's not like cool Um, And so I think when music like this started coming around, it made me kind of aware, like, okay, like I have like some technical skills in music, but like I could like just kick ass and not give a shit. And, you know, and I'd never seen like an example of that. So I think that definitely influenced me to want to be, you know, a rock star rather than just like, playing the music that was like on the sheet music in me and in front of me in like middle school band or whatever yeah i've always had this kind of theory and i'm probably wrong um so basically a lot of people that i feel like were like in band or read sheet music i always wonder like what their relationship sometimes i see them like not really like joining bands or starting their own projects because I feel like their relationship with music is different than like, I don't know, let's say me. We'll start with me and then, (laughs) you know, it's kind of like I don't have like any musical knowledge for the most part. You know, it's like I picked up bass and I can play and then that's what I play in bands and I can play guitar a little. So it's a lot of it's just like emotion or kind of feeling myself around. On the inverse, I feel like people that potentially have like classically trained kind of getting out of that mindset and kind of creating their own thing i've i've felt that 
and I don't have like that many people to base it on. They don't tend to be as more as creative um, that way. Yeah, I definitely think um, for me, I did grow up um, in classical music lessons, and I I I studied voice classically in college as well. Um, and for me, it I never I didn't start um, doing my kind of uh, making my own bands or like doing anything like that until like midway through college. Um, and I think that that's because it was, it's, it's really hard to separate from that, like more rigid view of music. But I think it also helped that, um, you know, even though my parents like started me out in music lessons and stuff, they were the music they were playing and the music we were like listening to as a family. And like we would jam on as a family was more, um, lax and it wasn't it wasn't that classical style so I like I was exposed to that and then um you know I think I I had the uh technical skills and and the music stepping stones to kind of be able to do whatever I wanted but you're right it definitely um when I first started writing music it was really hard to not be like why like this is wrong because it's like not like whatever whatever classical composer or whatever but like i think i kind of just started not giving a shit about it and that you know yeah i do think my uh my music reading skills and my um like i don't think i could do any of the shit i used to be able to but i think the music i'm making is better yeah so yeah i mean sometimes it's like i mean i don't know music theory so it's hard for me to say like i don't give a shit but it's like i'll just it's like when i started like writing my own songs it was just making it up and then like take it to practice and they're like well you know someone that might know more i'm like usually a transition wouldn't work that way and then someone will add something so it's like i don't i don't know any other way to do it and so i just kind of stumble on it so i guess it it's got to be nice i guess to be able to like pull from something though uh, yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah I think I think it helps in the situations where I get stuck then I then I can kind of pull from that like oh traditionally it would go here so like let's see if that works but I I do kind of like reflecting on it now it's like maybe one out of ten times when I'm writing I'll use that knowledge and like the other nine out of ten times it'll just be like that sounds good so I'm gonna do it okay which I think can yeah. be a lot more um you know, allow you to be more creative. Yeah. And I kind of draw the parallels and there might not be one. Um, but some of, some of Heim's music, like I wonder if they had, it's either like, I wonder if they had that kind of classical training in any sort of sense, or if it was less rigid since like their parents seem more into like rock and R and B, you know, kind of using rock generally. I don't know, um, like, how they grew up, but I'm pretty sure Esty, the bassist, I think she went to college for something in music. I think, like, ethnomusicology, which isn't really, like, classical training or anything, but, like, you know, I think that in some ways probably influences how she plays and, and, you know, how she writes. It sounds impressive. I know. I have no idea what that means. I don't really know. I said, wow. And then I was like, I don't really, I don't really know. It just sounds like something. I think you like learn about like world music. Okay. That's kind of what I thought. I think, but I don't know. That could be wrong. Um, 
But yeah, so I don't know. They don't, the way they play music, it really doesn't seem to me like they would be very classically inclined. But like, not, not, not saying that like in a bad way, just saying that like their music just like, I don't know, but maybe people would listen to my music and think the same thing. So I have no fucking idea. Yeah. I mean, that's, you would know how to answer it that way more than I would, you know? To me, it's like, oh, they have, I guess they're classically trained, but I, I don't, I don't really know what I'm saying when I say that. Uh, but I guess to look into like what ethnomusicology is, like is the study of music from the cultural and social aspects of the people who make it. So I guess a lot of that just gets into kind of the anthropology of art in a way, uh, yeah. kind of like the why we make music the way we do, or, you know, it would go from you know, like this derived from this and, you know, this type of time signature is inherently Indian or something. You know, <laughs> right. they probably go into that, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess that that's not like technically being you're learning. It sounds like you're learning more of like a history of yeah why music is more than, you know, I mean, I don't know. We've all probably taken anthropology classes. I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure what you went to school for or I guess if well you said you went to college so yeah I went to school for um acoustical engineering which is like kind of it's hard to explain it's like the science of sound but it's like basically like you know you try to design spaces to sound the best for whatever it like is going to be used for I the way I like arrived at, at studying this was I literally like didn't know what I wanted to do in high school and I put into google like I'm good at music and I kind of like math and it just like came up at this one school so it's like you know um i think it has less to do with music than i thought it would but it has a lot to do with like sound which i think Mm. has definitely um you know my ears gotten better it's kind of helped my music in a way so with how do you feel like it informs your music now i think the one one of the things that I kind of developed studying that is like recognizing characteristics of sound more and how they affect stuff like reverb and like uh, how like warm or bright a sound is and, and stuff like that. And I think that that's not something I was really thinking about prior to that. And it's just kind of given that, that much more depth, but I think like the actual music itself and not the character of it, was not super informed by that but it wouldn't be directly like voice lessons or music theory i took music theory classes and voice lessons as well because the 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 program the full degree was like acoustical engineering and music so i did have um my my degree wasn't like in music technically but yeah i had to take um choir and theory and ear training which was a bitch and did not like it yeah yeah i mean i i feel like a lot of things that self-aware has put out and not exclusively because i feel like we put out a wide a range of things and now i'm I'm speaking to you as like the label owner is putting out your music but also <laughs> the podcaster who does spinning out um so just a disclaimer which i probably already did in the intro and the outro um so my label self-aware records is putting out the gold woman record on june uh, june 11th uh this year so i was like what year is it um 
so one of the interesting things is I feel like there's like an understanding of, I guess I'll just say like kind of R&B and soul and things that I don't feel like a lot of artists on self-aware tend to have a lot of times. Um, yeah. Because a lot of times I feel like they're more rooted in just like indie rock and punk. Like even if they've kind of strayed from that in a way. So I feel like it's interesting to me like that. It's like while, while those elements are securely there of kind of like putting you in indie rock, it's like informed by slight something slightly different. And I know we could kind of shift back into to Heim, but where, where do you feel like the other influences that kind of led you to the Gold Woman sound? Um, I guess that's the question. <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I do think this actually relates to Heim a little okay. bit um, because seeing their record and, and their music now and and their from their first record to now, which they've released uh, three, um, all of them have this kind of, uh, you know, they, their music has a lot of elements of a diff of different, um, genres. And I think that, um, that definitely, uh, helped me realize like, okay, I'm allowed to do this. You don't really have to like stick to one thing. Um, but I think my, the way my music got the way it is, I think is just that I listened to like everybody is like oh i listen to every type of music but i okay. think i think growing up and like i don't want to be like cliche and say that but i think mm -hmm. growing up my parents exposed me to literally anything they could and i think that um that did inform it's like i even though i would gravitate towards certain things i would still listen to a ton of different styles and genres and i i think that um it kind of like it wasn't something I I tried to do or I was like oh I'm gonna mix these styles on my album and it make my music like genre bending or whatever it was kind of just like this is what I've heard and liked and these elements uh if I can make them go together then I'm gonna do that yeah yeah I, I always think of for instance like when I'm listening to like Queen sometimes uh and I almost like going against like what you're saying in a way that like i first i'll agree with that's when i listen to gold woman like i feel like it's like it's built in in a way that it feels natural and uh but even sometimes when i listen to queen like it feels like they're like this is this type of song this is this type of song and so ultimately i'm not sure what my point is there like Qu queen gets all the credit you know yeah but i it's sort of like that's like a a weirder thing that I feel like people bands used to do like back in the day, like just kind of right. like, this is this song, this is this song. And I feel like your music just feels like your natural, authentic self. Um, you know, in relation to what we're the subject we're talking about, Heim, like I don't feel like when I'm listening to Heim, like it's jumping to like something else. Right. You know? Yeah. Right. I think that that's, something I one of the reasons I really like that out al their album is like it manages to be cohesive even though it like you could listen to one song like um I don't know like my song five for example like very different than anything else in the album but it still somehow like fits with everything mm -hmm. um and that's kind of you know with with my album 
I would like to think I achieved something similar where it's like you have songs that have more elements of R&B or or a little more acoustic or whatever but they kind of all come together this cohesive thing even if that cohesive the genre of the total cohesive work is like maybe a little unplaceable yeah yeah and i i like that a lot uh, in music where like an album doesn't feel like it's just all one thing you know and i don't want to like give example you know i'll give an example of queen because none of them are gonna come beat me (laughs) up or anything i think they'll survive with that slight criticism (laughs) uh but you know like yeah there is certain things where it's like if a record claims to be like shoegaze or something that's like that's all that's going to be the whole time and that's fine to be that way but it is you know kind of growing up in a way that i feel like i just listen to like everything too like i've gotten to a point where i'm like i struggle to figure out like what i dislike right (laughs) yeah and so and uh which can be weird because then i feel like i give that same answer like i listen to everything right i feel like like as a musician that's kind of like if you're a musician you probably have listened to everything like it's just kind of how in my opinion to be a good musician you've got to see what else is out there to know like i don't want to make music like that or i do want to make music like that yeah i i think i've probably talked about it a decent amount on this podcast but just like the idea that like when there are certain bands where it's like i consider them my favorite band but i know i'll never write music like that and that's that's fine and it influences me it's just not the way i naturally write like kind of a joke i tell people it's like try and kind of like write who you are if that ends up being that you're writing like limp biscuit songs like (laughs) be the best at it you know it's like whatever your authentic self is i feel like is going to shine the best you know yeah yeah you know than trying to be like i want to sound like this right i think i think that's like as an artist you know those are the times when i run into trouble writing it's like i want to write a song like taylor swift and then it's like well that's not really gonna happen and it just leads like to frustration and whatever what can be fun about that experiment, though, because uh, I'm not I'm definitely not saying I'm above it is just that when you do it and then kind of seeing where you land. Oh, yeah. It's always interesting. You're like, that sounds nothing like Taylor Swift, but. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. You know, I think it's sometimes like... you come out with something really good, but it definitely in my experience almost never lands where you like initially wanted it to. Yeah. Which is fine. Um, yeah, I've talked with people recently about like like what is that that allows people to kind of perfectly emulate things. Mm. Like I don't I don't have it. I'm I'm not yeah, sure no. if you feel like you could. I mean, it sounds like you can't. <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't think I can and I think that that's you know, I did have I have had like insecurity about that like listening to my own music. I'm like, you know, where does this fit because it doesn't you know, sound exactly like whatever is like popular and and you know um i think that but i think that you know going back to heim like when this album came out it didn't sound like anything that was around at that time either um i mean it had elements of it but it combined them in kind of a newer way and i think so that kind of gives me you know an example of something like that i was like oh okay like it's okay if it if it combines stuff and isn't perfectly into the mold yeah so my song five what's funny about it is like 
when I feel like when you're just saving a file on your phone, like it always sounds like it, it always seems like it just labels it something like my song five. So when yeah. I see things like that, it's like new song two. You know, yeah, just, I'm pretty I'm like, sure that's why they named it that. <laughs> I'm that's like, what it seems like. I yeah. think it was like a literally like the name of the garage band file or something, yeah. and they just like never changed it. <laughs> I mean, I always, I always think that's funny because it's sort of like I know you wrote like a voice note or garage band thing, right? Right. You're like we just call it that, and it's like you don't come up with like a better title because <laughs> I think it's funny sometimes when you, it's like you have like a kind of placeholder title, but then when you go to name it. And then it's like, I don't know, you're like, I don't know, sacrament. You like go too far, you know, and you're yeah. like, yeah, naming songs much. is like yeah. the hardest thing for me. Yeah. It's like, how do I just not name it like the first line of the chorus or whatever? It's like, I don't I don't know what the name should be. That's like, that's always hard. So, you know, kind of respect for them for leaving it like that. They seem to kind of go with like almost like the hook in a way. And yeah. I. I I've I've seen a lot of criticism for people doing that because they say it's like lazy. But if we're even looking at like a simple like SEO thing, mm, almost, yeah, it's almost like, what do you think? It's like, oh man, I like that song because a lot. Of, that's the way a lot of people like still ingest music. Where it's like, what's that song? It goes, uh, running if you call my name. Uh, it's like that, and they're like, oh, that's the song name. And yeah. then it's like, well, okay, you just sold a song or whatever right you know so it's like then if it's like i don't know like a grateful dead song like terrapin station it's (laughs) like i don't know what that has to do with anything you know right um sometimes it's like you know i don't think you really have to like try yeah like trying too hard also like in that way kind of uh might taint it a little bit yeah that's what i did with um one of the songs on my album is literally just called alligator song because i was like yeah i talk about alligators in it and that's that's it like there there's nothing deeper it's just like that's the song and i think that for a while i was like oh like am i gonna leave it like that because like is that stupid and it's like so what like it's what the song is yeah i mean yeah i really i'm in the school of like don't overthink it like even when you're like writing songs or titling songs just kind of Unless you're trying to revise something and make it tighter, it's just like sometimes though that I feel like that honest impulse of what something is is the best choice to yeah. go for. You yeah. know, not exactly like stick with your first draft, but like you know, just kind of like don't censor, don't like censor yourself in terms of like writing because you're like scared, you know, of what someone will think or like you're revealing too much. I think the revealing too much of yourself from like putting pen to paper is like the best part of writing a song oh yeah there's definitely things like i would never like you know say in a conversation but i put in songs it's like <laughs> that's where i feel the safest you know yeah and i think that's how like my writing this type of music that i write now i think that's how it started i was just like i need an honest uh outlet so your song uh nathan Mm-hmm. Uh, the bonus track that'll be on the forthcoming album. So if you pick up the tape, it's only on the tape. Uh, oh, yeah. So was that an indication of something that you wouldn't say in person, but you put it in a song? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, that song actually, um, you know, I, I'm assuming Nathan's not listening, nor is anyone who knows him. I won't tag Nathan. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that song's about 
a guy who was in love with the girl I was dating at the time. Um, and then, and he was like heartbroken that, that she didn't like him Well, she was gay. So like, you know, it yeah. was, it, was, it kind of just sucked for him. But yeah. then I had a really messy breakup with her and I was like, you know what? Like, I kind of liked that guy. Like we've kind of experienced the same heartbreak from the same person. Um, and that's never something I would like hit him up and be like, Hey man, like, I feel like we <laughs> went through something similar. Like, let's be friends. But like, that's, that's what the song's reflecting on. It's totally like, you know, I wish I could say that to you. I feel like that's in a, a lot of artists will do that in a song. It's like, you know, I can't, actually express this to the person but if i do it in a song like it's at least getting it off my chest and i because i was yeah i was wondering about that because i was wondering if it was like almost like a composite of a person like maybe nathan is the placeholder name but i guess nathan is actually the no nathan's his real name (laughs) okay yeah i thought about making it a different name and i was like i literally haven't seen this guy since my sophomore year of college like I feel like it's fine. Yeah, I well, I thought that whenever we kind of first started talking about it, it was like titled Nat, but that could have been. Um, so I don't know if that was like a hesitance thing or just that's what the file was. Probably just abbreviated. shorthand. Okay, but I, I did. The... I did talk to um, my manager. I was like, "Am I? Can I name it that? Like, is that okay?" Like, and um, she was like, "Yeah, like I think you should." I was like, "All right, like." Here we go. But but the thing is, I also, like, I don't, like, trash him or anything. I don't say anything mean about him. It's just, like, okay, like, if I name it his real name, like, he knows, like, he's going to see this vulnerable side of me if he ever finds out it's about him, you know? Yeah. It's yeah, like, I don't think that's, like, a bad thing. I think it's, right. you know, pretty honest. Um, it's also kind of interesting to kind of, like, empathize in a way with someone that, I guess, you not shouldn't i guess shouldn't empathize you have yeah. no reason to empathize right with them but you get to a point where you're like well <laughs> you're like i guess like if i'm gonna try to find a way to like cope it's like yeah. at least to think like oh like you know what i think like we would have been friends so i kind of like take some of the um uh like looking back i would feel like oh, like, I had this terrible breakup with this girl and this guy fucking hated my guts. And it's like, you know what? Actually, I think we would have been friends. So, like, at least there's that. Yeah. <laughs> that seems like it could be, like, the start of, like, a sitcom. Honestly, yeah. 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 I don't so, know if it'd be good, yeah. though. Well, I think sometimes sitcoms that are that seem to have, like, too big of a premise starting out, um, that can be... If it always feels like they, like, run out of ideas and, like, right. the first... So it might be, it would maybe be that, um, but you could also like, you know, kind of build off it. There's like sitcoms, I feel like where it's like, they start out where like the mom of the series passed away. And then I'm like, you're just going to deal with that grief through like <laughs> six seasons. Like technically if you were to like in the sixth season and they're still mentioning like, you know, I know in real life you would, but it's like, it's always got to be a big part of like that early season. And eventually it's like, what am I watching this show for? I don't, right. I don't know. Like, did you meet your mother yet? Like, I don't, <laughs> you know, I forget right, right. it, you know, but I guess whiplashing us back into Heim. <laughs> this is what I tend to do on this podcast all the time is it's more of the, uh, uh, the journey around it then. So yeah. if anyone, if Danielle, Alana or Esty, I think is how it's pronounced. Yep. Uh, if you're listening, I'm very sorry that I haven't spent all of the time on you. <laughs> 
Um, but you know, and so when you listen to this record from the get go, um, I always like think of like album lengths. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is 2013, so it's like 44 minutes long. Like, do you feel like there's any point in the record? Like, if you were to pick one song that you had to cut from this record, what would it be? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, hmm. hmm. Well, honestly, this is going to be um, controversial. Um, I, I would cut the title song, Days Are Gone. If if I had to, I wouldn't really want to cut anything, but I think for me, um, it almost would work better as its own single. Okay. Um, I think that's the one that feels the, m- I mean, none of them really feel out of place, but I think that's the one that strays the most from the kind of um, direction of the album for me. Because it's like the vocals are a little weird and like the rhythm's a little weird and it's just a little, um, yeah, it just, it just doesn't, it doesn't have the same drive as the rest of the songs in my opinion, but I also, it's also one of my favorite songs. Um, Mm. I just think in terms of the album as a whole, yeah, it stands out a little bit. Yeah. In terms of, I guess the album as like it's, product yeah it's like i wouldn't want to like get rid of the song altogether Mm -hmm. but if i had to like you know take it off the album and put it with something else that's what i would Mm -hmm. do i think or like if the album was still called days are gone and then there's a single (laughs) called days are gone and it's just not on the album i mean Um, that could be ballsy but (laughs) yeah we can do it yeah yeah the the children of uh paul thomas anderson (laughs) yeah um i i like i i don't know i just like think about like how i why i heard that i know i haven't heard that which is (laughs) wild because like i mean he's done a lot of really good videos for them um i think that's kind of it's like the telephone game like where that's yeah it's like he did music videos for them then someone's like you know it's like how many incarnations and then that got to me and then it was like it's their dad and then i'm like what they're not like teenagers like these are like right i think their parents are like yeah i think i think they're i think they're all like 30 by now yeah um but um, I think their parents are, like, in their 70s. Like, they're pretty old or late 60s yeah. at least. Like, no offense. They're, yeah. That's not bad to be old. But like, <laughs> if, if they're listening. Um, yeah. But I don't. I really don't think Paul Thomas Anderson is old enough. No. Uh, it was funny when you said, um, when you were talking about their dad drumming in that video, um, when you said it was shredding, first I thought you were, you were saying that he was shredded. <laughs> And I was like, wow, that's a neat tidbit that I don't know what to do with. <laughs> no, you know? yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. I mean, he could be shredded. I don't know. Yeah, there was even a thing where it was like, um, and I don't know, this could have been like on Reddit or something. Once again, I have no clue where I heard this, but it was like, it was like their parent was like, uh, like uh, their dad was like a Mossad agent or something. Oh, shit. I don't yeah. know. And I don't, I don't know. <laughs> You know, I mean, but, if he was, we wouldn't know. There'd be no way, know. no way of knowing. Yeah. So it was like he was a a secret agent. I guess that kind of fits in this description. But the cover was he was a pro soccer player. Oh. Yeah. I'm seeing like this Heim conspiracy. I could see it. 
Yeah. There's definitely like, I don't know, the, their story is, is very um, publicized, I feel like. like. Like, if you go online, you can easily find out, like, oh, they're a family band and their dad did this and their mom did this and whatever. So I'm like, I feel like maybe it's a little too too good to be true there might there might be something else to the story hmm i think this yeah this might be it's gonna be like an npr like like seven part series about (laughs) the family history of heim yeah yeah i like this Uh, i think we've uncovered something yeah we'll well we'll get working on the uh sitcom (laughs) yeah and concurrently yeah yeah the npr thing (laughs) um do you feel like you're connected to this band in a sense like when the new record came out, I guess last year, um, did you listen to it or, or like what's your relationship with them like now? Yeah, I totally listened to their their new album and I listened to the the one in between as well. Um, did I become obsessed with it as hard as I did their first album? Um, definitely not. Um, mm-hmm. Honestly, in my opinion, every song on Days Are Gone is like, straight bop and -hmm. like would listen to every song on the album the album straight through and i feel like they're newer albums for me there's a lot of songs i like but there's there's some songs that i would like skip um and i think but i think this newest album of theirs um connected with me kind of in a different way um because you know it's called woman in music uh part three and i think it kind of brought me back to the reason i started listening to them which was like seeing badass women doing music and i was like they're kind of um playing to that um playing to that point um but uh other tidbit about this uh their newest album i'm pretty sure uh i'm pretty sure they were the first all-female band to be nominated for album of the year at the grammys and i think for their newest album um they didn't win but thought that nomination yeah good yeah yeah um which was definitely like you know it's always um i i personally think award shows are shit but like yeah still cool yeah yeah it's like there was (laughs) uh a friend of mine was like uh it was like i don't know foo fighters are in the rock and roll hall of hall of fame (laughs) and i'm like what do you care either way like it's like like what does it mean but it's like and then it's it the joke was kind of like oh well uh mott the hoople isn't in the rock and roll hall of fame or just like whatever it's like the turtles aren't or herman's Herman. like i feel like you could like name so many bands that are like aren't in the rock and roll hall of fame like fame like what does it really mean to like get an award you know right it's like Um, if i like a band i'm gonna like them regardless yeah Um, it's like i you wouldn't be like uh, maybe a kid did this i mean i'd have to ask a child maybe um so i wonder if any kid out there that was like oh this band just got inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame i'm gonna listen to foo fighters now right because, i like i don't yeah. think it works like that like no you know i think like if it did it would be kind of like you know like looking at a movie's rotten tomatoes rating before you listen to it but it's like before you watch it i mean but like for a movie that makes sense because a movie's like you're committing to like an hour and a half two hours of content a song it's a bandage like you could just listen to a song and find out if you like them easier than it would be to like look them up find out if they have any awards whatever like it doesn't it's less accessible i think yeah even like something like a 
pitchfork review like ties in more to like the music than a grammy feels like it does yeah for sure i think a review says a lot more than an award does yeah like i think like a grammy would kind of open up doors that don't mean anything to us you know it's like i'm not it would obviously be a good thing but you know i don't really feel like uh it's like making me want to buy tickets to their show i feel like once you are big enough to get a grammy all those doors are already open for you anyway so it's like what do you need the grammy for they just stay open i guess right yeah yeah they just put a door stop on the door if they don't list if they don't like win a grammy it's like oh they're irrelevant now it's like no like you're still gonna be popular yeah like i think i was like someone or maybe i just made up a person in my head that was like (laughs) Uh, you know, it was kind of like the Phoebe Bridgers is on SNL. Like, why Phoebe Bridgers? And I'm like, well, who do you want it to be? Like, it's like, right. like, what is it? And they're like, well, this band didn't play SNL. Like, you could do that game. Like, the kind of Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or who hasn't won a Grammy. Or It's like you could have a list that's like most bands that exist in time haven't won these things. Right. Uh, and I think, like, <laughs> you have to recognize, like, every band's going to have different opportunities based on their label and their management and and just luck. And I think like, I don't know, it's kind of just happenstance whether they win an award or, you know, get on SNL. I personally (laughs) like Phoebe Bridgers on SNL. Big Phoebe Bridgers Yeah, I think it was good. Like, I don't... Yeah, I think it's funny. The response to that was like so dumb. Like, any guy band, and there's actually some of that with Haim that I feel like um, there would have not been that criticism like that that writer who said um something along the lines of like maybe it was too good Mm. you know like would you say that about like a dude band right right and i think the other thing is like you know um we don't even refer to them as dude bands like but like i think when heim first like bands like heim and heim itself like came to be as like Oh, like listen to this new girl band. It's like yeah. no, like it's and and I think that's also something that speaks to like the progression of the the music industry and like how I view them now versus how I viewed them when this album came out is like now they're just like a band because yeah. there's so many like badass women doing music and and in the in the scene. Um, so yeah, I think that's different. I think I think nowadays it's a little you you walk a fine line because whether a band the 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 people that compose a band sometimes can inform the music in a way and so so now i feel like sometimes some artists are kind of reclaiming that they're like yeah i am a queer female artist or whatever and like you know taking that back sort of um but it is kind of like one of those things where it's like you can kind of only say that about a band if they say that about themselves first, if they like self-identify, I guess is what I'm kind of saying. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think that's, and it's super important. I mean, it's like context is king, you know? Yeah, for sure. Context is everything, you know? Um, so like, I remember there was someone, this isn't just a person I made it up in my head. (laughs) Uh, it was, they, they made some statement and I know they won't listen to this. Um, they probably regret it now, but they were like, um, I refuse to pay money to see, this was a guy, and he was like, uh, 
He was like, I refuse to give money to see like a all male band this gotcha. year. And then it's like, what what are you trying to accomplish? Like the weird thing about that was like, then I, there were like some non-binary people and, you know, queer people that kind of jumped out, um, which wasn't like surprising or anything, but they right. were like, you can't really just assume you're assuming a lot. You know, right. it's like, it's like you're in, I, I see your initial intention, but you're assuming so much about like every band you see. Right. And like <laughs> people know? are just inherently so complex. It's like, how can you really, you know, especially um, with, you know, you can't just look at somebody and tell if they're queer or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, you know, okay, maybe, maybe I mean, people have definitely evolved and people's mindsets have definitely evolved. But like, you know, in the early 2010s and whatever, you could easily just like look at a band and be like, you know, that's a girl band. But now it's like, okay, like, do they all identify as women? We don't know. And I think that's that's a lot more important to to realize now is that people, you know, society has come far enough where people are able to, um, you know, be themselves in a different way than I think they it used to be so one thing i guess before we go into talking about uh your album again or where people can find you is um my, i think my favorite song on this record would have been would be running if you call my name such a good song yeah and i feel like that's like i'm kind of like predisposed like if there's like a kind of big hook in a song that's like always going to be my favorite song like i'm really simple <laughs> in that way uh, and, you know, it's like, it's going to get my card every single time. Oh, but yeah. But what do you think, like, your favorite song on the record is? Ooh. Um, Running If You Call My Name is up there for sure. It has those, those uh, the drums in that song are just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, like, we've talked about the percussion in every song. But um, I would say If I Could Change Your Mind is probably my favorite song on the record. Um, I just those those synths that are just kind of like glittery and effortless and like they remind me of like 80s or 90s pop um i just love it and it's like a really dancey yeah. song just makes you want to yeah. like get up what do you what do you feel like that song is about like maybe it's obvious and i just did because like i said this was yeah. the first time i really and i listened to it a bunch of times but there there might be something i'm missing i think it's i think it's like reminiscing on a breakup and saying like you know i wish it didn't happen and i wish i could like change your mind about you know the things i fucked up on or whatever it almost feels like i would traditionally have like felt like it's like a a male like kind of singing that to like a man singing that to like his girlfriend or something oh for sure so it really feels like a role reversal song i'm saying it kind of clunky um and take that as you will. Like, I don't really mean, like, any big thing about it. But it's interesting. Right, just traditionally. Like, traditionally, yes. So there's often, like, traditionally, I feel like there's, like, it's like a guy. It's like the hierarchy and the male kind of asking for forgiveness kind of down to, right. you know, his female lover. Um, and so that's, like, where the role would be. But it's, like, I feel that role there. Like, it's, like and a lot of times even in like let's say like 70s country like the the woman's uh narration on it traditionally 
would be like if if it's like i mean it's just unique for this time frame to kind of like have something that you can't actually put like a gender on it in that way and i think yeah. that's you know there's so songs are often so gendered that i feel like this could it's like universal in a weird way i think um, yeah i think a lot of their songs are like that where it doesn't specifically say like you know use used pronouns that that would make it be definitely one way or the other but i also think you're right like just like the roles that they take on um can kind of sometimes especially in this song contradict like what people traditionally thought of for like gender roles in a relationship um yeah i think there's like in this song i think there's like a lot of power in that though yeah i think that especially in you know media women at that time it traditionally weren't shown examples of um you know in a in a relationship women kind of taking the powerful side and a more powerful role and i think there's a lot of power in like admitting you were wrong um and like i think that's what these lyrics are kind of um getting at is like you know would at this time would a woman traditionally like stand up to a a man and be like you know i fucked up i did wrong whatever um or just kind of be more submissive as as was shown um previously i think that's yeah definitely i mean you definitely articulated a lot better than uh than i did (laughs) on that um you now own this podcast and you have to do the next interview i can Uh, only do it if we talk about heim (laughs) yeah but that that was very well said uh that's really what i was trying to get across was just like the kind of yeah just those traditional roles um but yeah i liked that it had like that power to it but it also was like giving that power in a way that it's not like overly stating it like it's like you know a song from like charlie's angels soundtrack or something you know like you know spice girls or whatnot not comparing the two um but yeah just that kind of thing you know it's like um uh what's the word i mean you said overstated like it's it's definitely like understated but like badass at the same time yeah and it's kind of just like you know i think one of the great things about this record is you kind of listen to it and and it kind of makes you feel like oh shit like i can kind of do whatever i want and like that's fine yeah (laughs) so i think it's great Uh, yeah i just really think this album brings together a lot of styles and time periods from like you know 70s and 80s like soft rock and then like getting onto like 80s pop and like some more like 90s type like r&b stuff and then i think that's just really uh what makes it special i think and it shows that through the instrumentation and the and the the style but i guess as we we kind of mentioned it at the top so uh your record comes out on june 11th on self-aware records um I was very impressed when you sent it over and uh, like the recordings are great. And it's interesting that it feels like you had like such a strong hand in producing your own songs, mm-hmm. um, you know, and maybe that's that uh, audio degree that you have <laughs> that, that helped in that way. Um, yeah. Kind of tangent there. Do you feel like that degree has kind of helped you produce your own music in any sort of way? Um. 
I mean, I know more about how like microphones work and stuff now. Okay, I think that um, but I didn't take any specific like production classes or recording classes or anything like that. Um, that's just something like my parents like had GarageBand on their home computer oh, and like I would just play around with the loops in it when I was like seven and eight, and that kind of just developed, you know, slowly over time into just like me being self-taught at like production and recording um through like youtube videos and books and whatever yeah um but yeah i think that's kind of like i just like hunkered down during quarantine and was like all right let's record an album like i'll figure out how to do it as i go yeah yeah sometimes i feel like people tend to overcomplicate it uh with recording and you know like I feel so many people could kind of record at home. It's like there's a point potentially in every project where you might have to like pass it off to like different ears. But I think that's really what it is. Like, uh, you know, sometimes it's like you want to like see it from start to finish, you know? Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I think everyone should, you know, kind of try and figure out how to record their own band. And sometimes it's a lot easier than, you know, people think. I mean, it can get pretty complex, but it's what you make it. Yeah. yeah, I think, I mean, there's definitely something super, super special about getting a group of people together in the studio and, like, recording something all together and, like, working through the ins and outs of songs as a band. Um, I think, and I've totally done that before. That's what I did on my first EP. Um, and it kind of has, you know, a more live feel. But I think there is something also special about, you know, self-producing something and and like for like this album i played almost every instrument on it and it just allows you to have kind of a little bit more creativity with it that being said collaboration is always like always add something different but i do think that's why like like you were saying like my voice comes through so clearly and it's very clearly like me and on on a album i don't know like when i see chefs on uh, tv shows they're always like this is me on a plate i'm <laughs> like i don't i don't know how to say that about music um yeah. but that's that's the equivalent of like what this is and i think that's really just because like every piece of it pretty much came directly from me and then you know refining it mixing it mastering it was definitely um you know i had i had friends of mine help me with that um, yeah but the actual music itself is like really just mine how like confident like your songs sound like definitely like drew us to you like we don't have like a big history of kind of like just kind of hearing something that we don't have like a personal connection with someone and putting out um but kind of coupled with like having like a clear vision of like what the art would be um so i would say to like anyone listening like you know, if you're trying to, if you're trying to send out your album to a label, like if you have like promo pictures or if you have like album, you know, art of some degree to send to the label too. Like for me personally, that like went a long way. Like I felt like I was able to see your vision. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. and I'm just trying to like make sure at, well, now once again, talking to you as the label owner, yeah. uh, I, I want to make sure like to the finish line. I'm delivering on your vision. Yeah, you know? for sure. Uh, but I was able to receive a full vision. And that's, I, I I really enjoy that. and enjoy your music in that capacity. Well, thank you. Thanks yeah. for putting out my record. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, you know, it was like, 
I know it probably feels if anyone's like this kind of self-serving, but yes, it is. Uh, But (laughs) it was like, I, you know, I felt like I wanted to know you, you know, I wanted to talk to you in this conversation because we haven't had, you know, a lot of opportunity to do it. So it's like, it's fun. It's been fun chatting with you. Yeah, for sure. um, In that regard. Like, do you, do you foresee, and I don't know if anyone really knows, like, what are your plans? Like if you could map them coming out of COVID, I guess we'll say coming out of COVID, hopefully, <laughs> you know. Um, I really want to get back to playing live because that's one of my favorite things to do. And like a lot of the songs on this album, I never um, in their current form, never had a chance to perform them live yet, um, mm-hmm. which is something I was so used to doing with like past singles and stuff is like I would I would get all the... Um, whatchamacallit um like the i would refine a song as i was playing it live and make changes to it that way before i recorded it this Mm -hmm. project i kind of refined them as i was recording it um so i really want to get back to playing live um and also i feel like you're right um you know in the sense that like i mean i mean not you're right let's edit that out um (laughs) Um, you know, you're, you were saying like you wanted to get to know like me versus like having just heard my music. And I feel like playing live gives audiences a chance to do that because like, yeah, there's totally. like banter and like whatever. And that's one of my favorite things. Um, so yeah. And there's definitely like the version of me that is portrayed on the album, I think is slightly more serious than me mm-hmm. in real life. And I think that, um, that is an interesting kind of um juxtaposition to have at a show and i'm playing these really serious songs but like then i'm like making jokes into the microphone and i miss that i think it's a cool way to connect with an audience yeah um i well i feel like when listening to the record like there is a degree of kind of wit is i'd rather say than like humor because i feel yeah. like that has a different connotation like you're <laughs> it's not weird Al. or something <laughs> yeah you know but like there's a wit to um you know a lot of the songs that shines through and i feel like when people kind of nail that wit it's like such a tightrope that it's like definitely right there for me like it's right. it's a hard kind of needle to thread i'm just going to keep kind of using cliche terms um you know at, but i really enjoy it um so before i let you go though where can people find you online um on twitter and instagram my at is at ray gold woman r-a-e gold woman uh and then you can find me on raygoldwoman.com and like on spotify it's just gold woman um itunes amazon whatever and anywhere any, any of your favorite streaming services title if you're bougie you know <laughs> um well i appreciate you taking the time to speak with me it's been a pleasure yeah thank you so much welcome back thanks again ray for coming on the pod please check out the gold woman album it comes out june 11th on self-aware records was a pleasure chatting with ray Okay, next week on the pod, we're chatting with my good, good friend Carl Kuhn of Museum L. He also has a newer project called Gay Meat. He played on the last Say Anything record and has an amazing podcast called It Rocks or It Sucks. 
We talked about Incubus' 2001 album, Morning View, and knowing the both of us, a lot of other shit. Thanks, as always, to Sarah Blumenthal for editing the pod and Pretty Maddie for the theme. If you haven't yet, please leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps, I'm told. Well, anywho, see you next week. (laughs) 